0: we are back welcome into another episode of chasing 1969 a new york jets podcast today is thursday december 21st happy early merry christmas happy early merry happy early merry happy early merry christmas everybody (laughs) (laughs) oh god okay Uh, we are rolling we've got a upcoming bout with the commanders. We've been terrible at doing our shows. We've been every other week for the last month plus. Uh, We're going to talk some Texans, some Dolphins, which we don't want to kind of reassess where we're both at coaching wise, where we want this organization to move forward because the season has officially done. The Jets are eliminated from the playoffs and we'll also preview the upcoming bout with the commanders in a what I want to be tank off, but I know one team is definitely trying to win. Before we get to all that, before I bring Teddy in, make sure to follow us on our socials at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I am at spring Blake. Theodore, you, you, you you texted me earlier today and you said you're kind of just meh with the jets right now.
1: Yeah. We're, we're, how, how are you feeling? Apathetic. Word. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's just been a crazy <laughs> year, dude, I guess. And like, their just absolute terribleness on offense is just crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And like for the Texans game to happen, um, where we go out and win 30 to six and witness Zach Wilson have his best game ever, and you know, everyone's going around Twitter saying, or not Twitter, but just life, just everyone's going around saying, Hey. Look at this! Like they they cut it loose with Zach Wilson. They're playing. They're here, and then to this, like follow it. And don't get me wrong. I was still. I was just mostly confused when that happened because I was like, "Right, w- where did this come from?" You know. Yeah. And then to follow it up with a thirty to zero loss to the Dolphins, you know, if if the season wasn't, if if I didn't give up, you know, when we lost to the Raiders or when we got blown out by the bills and dolphins or when we lost to the Falcons and only scored six points. Like now I'm really fucking done with them, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's just, I don't know, dude. It's like, it's truly pathetic to watch this team on offense. Most of the games we've watched. So, you know, it just sucks. And it, it really does feel, you know, you have this Aaron Rodgers interview that we'll get into. Obviously we're eliminated from the playoffs. Finally. Um, you know it's like we we kind of were feeling it a month ago a month and a half ago but it's like it is just time to you know turn the page to 2024 essentially yeah and that sucks you know it's like like here we are again doing that again um so yeah i don't know maybe we are just cursed dude maybe
0: it's this is the life i think it's what's so frustrating about the offense is is the fact that we have these games where for some reason like you said i don't know what it is things look awesome. Zach Wilson goes out against a good Houston defense, 27 to 36, 301, two touchdowns. Didn't get much going on the ground. Brees was 10 for 40. Didn't really matter. White, all literally his
1: best game ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then to follow it up, you 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 come off that game and then you look at Miami and you're saying, okay, they're really banged up on defense no Tyreek Hill. They just played an overtime game on, uh on, or it didn't go to overtime. Was it late in the fourth quarter? Was it, or did it go to overtime? No, that was an overtime game I mean, against the Titans on Monday night football, short rest, long game. I'm going into this and I'm starting to be like, okay, are the, the jets like going to keep this thing interesting. I texted Sunday morning when the Tyreek news came out, I was like, man, the jets are going to win this thing. And they looked So bad on Sunday, you know, Zach starts four for 11, 26 yards, leaves the game with a concussion or head injuries and the protocol, whatnot. He was, he had no chance from, from like the get go. That dude was under pressure. Every single play, the offensive line looked terrible. The ground game never got going. Brees. Six carries for 12 yards on Sunday. Izzy Abanaconda had four for eight. You throw in Simi and he throws a couple of picks when Zach Wilson gets down. I mean, it just looks so bad. Garrett Wilson doesn't get targeted until the third quarter. Things like this, what makes it so frustrating when you have a game like this is I would understand if it was the if we were the Panthers and for 14 weeks, this is all we knew. But the fact is, is that we've had three or four games this year where you're like, oh, shit, look at Zach Wilson, move the ball against the Chiefs defense. Oh, look at us, put up 30 points against the Texans. And then we come here in a game that is, you know, should be close, should be close. And they just look fucking disgusting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude, it sucks, and I mean, it, it It really does show, like, the past, like, three weeks have really shown, like, the the carousel of blame, I guess, that we've been talking about all, all year, you know, because however many weeks ago, five weeks ago, it, it's loss after loss after loss, and the whole world's screaming, how are they still running out Zach Wilson, right? How is this coaching staff, how is this GM Still running out Zach Wilson. So finally, you know, they listen and they say, excuse me, hold on. Bless you. bless you. That was a sneeze for everyone listening. Um, yeah, they go out, they finally bench Zach Wilson, and we have two just absolutely terrible, you know, games with the back. Worse than you thought it could be. And so you're thinking, okay is it is it. You know, the GM, is it the coaching? Is it the offensive game plan? Because somehow this is just even worse. And then they put Zach Wilson back in after all the drama of does he want to play? Does he not want to play? You know, and he comes out and quite literally has his best game. And the big talking point for everyone is, hey, the Jets allowed Zach Wilson to cut it loose. They changed their game plan. They changed the way that they were going to coach. And and this is, you know, a great sign for the future. Blah, blah, blah. All bullshit, by the way. Oh,
0: yeah. Definitely. Then we go to this week.
1: And what'd you say?
0: Definitely. Definitely bullshit. Yeah. How, many, how many times have we told ourselves that over the last two or three years now? Where you, you get right. that one game and you're like, oh, we're building for something. It's like, this is the 10th time it's happened.
1: Right. Yeah. And just even in this year of like, how many times have we said, we just got to cut it loose. And, yep. and, you know, and we don't cut it loose. And so then to follow up. That first good game, like like you know when we scored, um, I believe. Hold on, let me pull it up here. When we scored, you know, thirty-one against the Broncos, I believe we had five field goals, which yep. is you know a lot, and maybe a defensive touchdown. When we scored twenty against the Eagles, we had a defensive touchdown and a bunch of field goals. And you also had that you touchdown
0: know, late in the game too, where it was like the right. Eagles let it was like them. Like Brees score Hall, a touchdown. two-yard drive. Yeah. Yep.
1: So you come out and you score 30 points against the Texans and you're actually scoring touchdowns. It's 0-0 zero, zero at half, first of all. Which is and cr- Zach Wilson comes out and throws three or I don't, I think he two. threw three touchdowns,
0: yeah, two, two touchdowns,
1: yeah. um, one rushing touchdown as well for our boy Xavier Gibson. Um it was just crazy. It's like, all right, like, you know, you can't really let it dictate anything because we're you know, whatever, five five and seven after that fact, but, or five and eight, but then, you know, to just follow it up with this absolutely brutal loss when you're like, Hey, maybe we can get something going with Zach Wilson and a quarterback. They don't have Tyreek. And it was truly just a disgusting, disgusting game. Like I was, I was watching and, you know, by like halfway through the second quarter, I'm like, I'm like putting my TV on multi-view they quite literally CBS turned the game off, which I knew, which I guess has happened before. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. was not aware of. They do that. And so, like, my dad calls me and he's like, they turned the game off. I'm like, I know. And i have, we have Sunday ticket. We're trying to figure out eventually it did come back on somehow. Like you could get it. Weird. But it was just it 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 was so, so, so bad, so ugly. And I think that's what's crazy about you know this season and how it's so similar to last season is you're looking at this team. And for some reason, they're just even worse than the bad teams in the NFL. And it doesn't matter that we have one of the best defenses. It doesn't matter that we have playmakers on offense. For some reason, we are just absolutely God awful, you know? And I think the dolphins game, I think the biggest culprit was the offensive line, which I think we can get into and talk about a little bit. Um, but, you know, it, it it's everything. It, it It's too bad to not be a multiple, you know, blame multi, like type of thing mm-hmm. because you just don't go out and put up this putrid of an offensive performance over and over and over again without just, like, things obviously being terribly wrong.
0: Yeah, Garrett Wilson, uh, Garrett Wilson didn't get targeted until the third quarter. Like, I, I understand I that situationally things might, but you have to find a way to, you can do a quick bubble screen, you can do some misdirection, like, you have to get your playmakers the football, that stuff to right, me, Like, run a jet
1: sweep, you know what I mean? Like, give him the ball.
0: Yeah, just put it in his hands, find a way. Um, yeah, that game was very frustrating. Um, there's a few different points in which we can talk about the offensive line, because I do want to connect it later when we talk about. Um, you know, the, the job security for a guy like Joe Douglas and him coming from two organizations that were predicated on, you know, doing a great job building offensive lines in both Philadelphia and Baltimore beforehand. They have, you know, consistently been great in the trenches over the last two decades, but specifically with the Miami game, I texted you and, and, and I knew you were getting mad at me about it. And I kept sending you highlights or lowlights, I guess the last couple of days too. Mackay was awful. (laughs) <laughs> awful Real against bad. the Dolphins. The the entire offensive line was really bad. Um, uh, but Makai, there's just a few plays where you're just like, holy shit, what's going on here? It's been he's had a, a few stretches this season where it looked good, and then he he gets these in these real lulls as well too i think now he's the allowed the most sacks um unless another guy passed him after he's allowed the most sacks in the league so far this season um he has had to shuffle around between right tackle left tackle he's had to deal with a bad offensive line but he has had some really bad moments um in this game or in this season um where where do you stand specifically with makai after after seeing kind of like you know, it's it's one thing to notice in the game and be like, man, we can't block. Man, Makai's getting burned. But when you see some of the clips, it's like alarmingly bad offensive line play from him.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was definitely a really bad game for him. And my thing with Makai is like, there's there has been a few games where it's like this, and it's like, holy shit. But then there's also been a few games where he looks very good, and I mean, granted, that was definitely earlier in the season, but it's just like, he's just as confusing as the rest of them to me where I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know why it is so up and down with you. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, it's something we've talked about for sure, but like it, at the end of the day, it does seem like their plan with Makai is going to be to just move on. It clearly wasn't the greatest draft pick when you put in all the injuries and the up and down play this year. You know, it just sucks. It is what it is, Um, but not a draft pick that has aged well. My thoughts on the offensive line specifically, you know, and not taking any of the blame off of the actual players and Mackay and Lakin and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. for some reason, it's like anytime there's like a stunt from the defensive line, that's not just, you know, everyone runs straight at the guy. Like we just have no idea how to how to defend it. Like no I can't tell you how many how many sacks we've had that is just the defensive end, taking a few steps upfield and then cutting inside to the middle and just sack like it's crazy, you know, and and like uh, I, I Micah Parsons back at the Cowboys game at the beginning of the year I had a few like that, you know, and it's just been consistent. And that was what stuck out to me the most in this game because especially after you texted me, You know, I don't usually just stare at the offensive line, but obviously they were just getting demolished the whole game. Um, But that was like my main thing is like. They just didn't have any discipline in in being able to figure out any of these more complicated schemes from the defense, and it was just pathetic to watch, you know, and it does make me think like, is that a coaching thing? Is that just the players not being good enough, you know? And I think there's shared blame for sure, but that is a big blemish on this offensive coaching and head coaching kind of resume of this season is like, you got to be able to have offensive linemen that can play. And I, you know, I get it. There's been a million injuries just like every team has, but I mean, the offensive line has been putrid and there has been game after game where that's why it was so brutal in some of those early games where you're like, you know, obviously Zach Wilson didn't play great, but this game was about so much more than just the quarterback not playing well, you know, right. and this was a perfect example of like, we just could not do absolutely anything because we were getting have a demolished chance. within two, two seconds. Exactly. Yeah. So you know tough but but makai i feel like is like the perfect example that kind of embodies the offensive line where it's like have they looked decent at some point sure but at the end of the day like it it, that's supposed to be your elite player you know on the on the line and he's looking like he's fucking ass (laughs) yeah excuse my language yeah
0: fucking ass you know
1: fucking ass
0: has this season been more frustrating for you than last year? Um,
1: probably uh, it's, I mean, last year sucked too, for sure. I think the difference was last year, you know, felt like Zach Wilson's final shot. Right. Mm -hmm. So when things didn't work out, you could kind of tell yourself like, you know, Hey, we're going to make changes going in. We're going to address the offensive line a little bit more. We're going to get a new offensive coordinator. Like, all these different things. And now to just run that all back, you know, after I did feel like we added talent, after I did feel like we addressed the whole line, after I did feel like, you know, the team was going to be looking a lot better, that's what makes it more frustrating, is, like, quite literally, we just have to sit. like, the only way you can build hope For 2024 is to say all the same things that we said last year, you know, which is like address quarterback, which is hopefully Aaron Rodgers, which is, you know, the offensive line rebuild is going to have to be a lot more extensive this year than it was last year.
0: Significant.
1: Maybe that's a good thing because clearly, you know, trying to just roll with Makai coming off the bench and, you know, like a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker, who's been so elite when he's on the field. But hasn't been able to stay healthy. You know, it's like, how do you grade that draft pick when you have season injuries season ending injuries two years in a row? Yeah. You know, like that sucks. Um so yeah, I mean, I think they're similar. Um, but I don't know which year has been more frustrating, to be honest. They both suck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think there was a lot more. Eh, we did buy ourselves into some hype the first season, but with all the hype that was built up, and obviously that was very much predicated around you know number 8 who played a total of four snaps but i think i think seeing and and it kind of goes back into what we were saying with this texans game where we see how great the offense could look or we see them beat the eagles or go toe to toe with the chiefs that's what makes this year more frustrating to me is because outside of those few select moments this has looked like one of the worst teams in all of football um right when we were 4 and 3 i was riding high you oh, know awesome.
1: I was like, let's go. Three game win streak. Like, and don't get me wrong, the Giants game was an ugly one. But like to fu- it, you know, and that's why it's it. the same as last year. Because last year we were what seven and four. Seven and or four. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then lost out. Six-game losing streak. And what do we have this year? Five game losing streaks. Six out of the last seven. It's just, you know. And that's where I think, you know, we can try to. Go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. Pivot. I'm going to say we can try
1: to move it into the coaching because, you know, I have been a Robert Sala guy and I constantly preach this idea that, you know, in a lot of ways, the NFL and NFL media and NFL fans and NFL front offices can be very reactionary, right? And can make decisions based on the outcome of the game as opposed to making decisions based on, you know, what do you see with your eyes? Is there hope there? Is there a reason to hold on, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. And that's kind of what my approach to Robert Sala was, which is, you know, regardless of kind of our inability to get anything going offensively, um, it felt like he was getting this team on the right track. It felt like, you know, he was able to get buy-in from the locker room. Um, and I was very much, you know, even kind of almost now, like defending him, maybe to a fault, but, you know, it's been so long now where the results do have to matter and you do have to see that turnaround. And to go two years in a row where you're quite literally, you know, the worst offense in the league by a mile, three years in a row, right? It's third year here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It, you know, it, it, it gets to the point where it's like, well, well, where's the excuse, right? Because you you had Mike LaFleur for two years and you, you got rid of him after a terrible offense. And you say, you know, okay, well, let's see, let's see where we can go from here. You get Nate Hackett to try to recruit Aaron Rodgers. You bring in Aaron Rodgers, you know, things happen, but the offense continues to just be the worst in the league by a wide, wide margin. Um, Something interesting I saw online, I don't have the exact figures, but offensive DVOA, which is one of these advanced metrics that they use to, you know, grade out offenses. The Jets are 32nd in the league in, in offensive DVOA, but it's not a normal 32nd. Like if you compare them to the last place team in the past few years, they are so much worse than what a normal worst offense in the league Looks like, and you know, I I believe it was something like the gap between the 32nd worst team, the Jets, and the 29th worst worst team is the same as the gap between the fifth best team and the 20th best team, and it's just like, holy shit, you know, like like so. When it comes to coaching for me, there's obviously all these different factors at play. There's Aaron Rodgers. There's the O line. There's not having your quarterback, but at the end of the day, you know you want to see a guy who's able to put something together, who's able to grind out wins that you see other bad teams doing. You know the Giants went on a three-game win streak with uh, Tommy DeVito. The Bengals are on a three-game win streak with Jake Browning. You know, and it's not like these guys have keep going looked amazing. It's not Joe like Flacco great. Joe Flacco's Yo, Browns, in the playoffs Joe, right now. Who, guess what? We had Joe Flacco, and we still sucked, except for one game.
0: It's just so frustrating, which, you know. So that's where, like, which that game, by the way, against the Browns, just to tie things in. Joe that one Flacco's game, game, yeah, the Joe Flacco game was against the Browns. Okay, full, yeah, full circle there. Sorry, so, i interrupted you know, you Keep going. No, it's just, like, I would love to defend Salah and
1: say, you know, the problem is with the offense, let's a, let's hire a new offensive coordinator, let's do that, but it does almost feel like, like we already did that and it didn't work, you know? So where do you really go from here? Um, so, yeah, I'm very interested to see what happens um, with Robert Sala because it, it does feel like he's on – you know, death's door here with his job.
0: Yeah, I said it on our last show, which was a couple of weeks ago. I still believe it now. I would, I would move on from him after the season. I would go and I would go get an offensive-minded guy. I'd go and try and get a Ben Johnson, or you can go and get the OC that's down in um in Jacksonville. There's a couple of names that that you know it, to pivot to an offensive-minded coach. I think especially given the fact i do believe if you if you put a, a little bit of a pay raise in there you can keep albrick as the defensive coordinator i think you just bump up his pay you make him one of the higher paid defensive coordinators you keep him intact you keep the defense intact because i don't think that you know a a young offensive coordinator if you keep the gm and i do believe and we can have that conversation next i do believe that you should keep joe douglas here i think if you can go in and you can elevate an, a, a top offensive mind to this team that's where it boils down to me is like when I look at the difference between the Browns and the Jets, the defenses are super comparable. They're some of the best defenses in football. The Browns are down three starters, three of their best offensive linemen. They lost Nick Chubb. They lost their starting quarterback. Um, and yet they're sitting here as, a, as one of the, you know, more consistent teams, a team that's going to be in the playoffs in the AFC here. Where I look at the differences is you've got Kevin Stefanski versus Robert Sala here and Kevin Stefanski is one of the brighter minds in football. He is able to mend a broken offense right now. You don't have a coach on this staff that can mend a broken offense. And if you keep cycling in offensive coordinators, cool. It's the same argument. I think I made back. I've always made this argument. I'd rather have an offensive minded head coach. I think it's harder to retain a good offensive coordinator than it is to retain a good defensive coordinator. You know, you've got guys that have been around in the league for years, like uh, uh, who's down in Miami right now, that old fuck. He's one of the best D coordinators in the game. Um, Yeah. Vic Fangio. Like you can keep a guy like that around. You can keep Gus Bradley in, in Indianapolis, like good defensive coordinators can stick around because I think the allure in the NFL right now is offense. If you've got a great defensive coach, that's perfect. And there's some in the league that are fantastic at their jobs, but um, it's, it's tough to say like, Oh yeah, let's go try and get another offensive coordinator because the great offensive coordinator is probably already interviewing for a head coaching gig this year. You know, like some of the best guys that you might want to bring in as the Jets OC, they might get a look in in uh in fucking Carolina this off season or Vegas this off season. So to me. When you've got a situation where you still have this window, the, the roster is very talented. I can point to every level of the defense and have a cornerstone piece. I can point to Garrett Wilson and to Brees Hall. If Elijah Ver Tucker is healthy, he is an all-pro type offensive lineman. You are getting back Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to talk about him for at least what seems to be two more seasons. It does not seem like he wants 2024 to be his final year. He's come out and set it point blank. I don't think you have the time to mess around with the let's replace the offensive coordinator again and hope that we get a guy that, you know, maybe, maybe the jets are so smart that they found this guy that nobody else in the league has figured out is a good offensive line, right. because that guy is going to interview for head coaching gigs. I would make the move. I'd bump up the Albrook pay to keep the defense, you know, steady handed. I'd get a Ben Johnson in here and I'd let this thing fucking rip in 2024 with, with an actual sophisticated offense.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I I think that all makes sense. I think the better conversation to have is, will that be the case? You know, right. when you have Woody Johnson and this Aaron Rodgers experience. They haven't really gotten to do. Um, it is an intriguing thought of if Salah is let go, would Albrecht stick around, you know, because um, he's not a guy that was with Salah eh, with the 49ers or anything like that, you know? Um, so, That would be interesting because I do like that thought, right, is whether you want to, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Robert Sala as a defensive head coach for what he's done with this defense. For sure. But when you've had Jeff Ulbrich here for those three years with these guys, understanding the scheme, it's not that I think there would be a giant drop off, you know, if Sala left. Um
0: I I'm just but. stealing I'm stealing from the exact same you know I, I went on my long witted rant of how intertwined the Jets situation is from the Colts like the, yep. the Colts kept Gus Bradley and their defense you know is is about to set a team record in sacks this year and they're doing a great job by keeping Gus around they bumped up his pay they they told him you know stick around with this staff give it another shot I think you could do the same thing you because Albrick, you know he's not gonna go if you move him, he's not gonna, he shouldn't go and take a positional coach. You know, would he go take another defensive coordinator vacancy? I mean, fuck, I, I maybe teams are still planning on interviewing him for head coaching gigs. So maybe that's where you end up losing out on him. But I would hope if you, if he doesn't get a head coaching gig, you bump up the pay a little bit. I think you could convince him to stay here next year.
1: Yeah. Um, but so I think that brings us into this Aaron Rodgers interview, right? Because, yeah. You know, the Jets are officially eliminated from playoff contention this week. Not that we had high hopes, but, you know, people were Longest still holding out, especially drought. after that.
0: Longest active drought in professional sports. Indeed.
1: Indeed. Here we are. Um, but so he comes out and has this interview and basically talks about how he's not going to be coming back this season, which, you know, I don't think there's anything to blame there. And we could talk a little bit deeper into that. But also in this interview, he, he did, you know, talk about his trust in the coaching staff, talk about his trust in the GM, you know, with Joe Douglas and Sala and Hackett. Now, obviously, you know, it's almost like he does have to say that, right? Because what else are you going to say? Yeah. Um. But, it, you know, it's an interesting point, right? Because these are guys that clearly Woody Johnson has believed in. When you look at, you know, some of our draft picks, it, it seems like they kind of have built up a pretty good team here. Obviously, that hasn't come to fruition, but it has seemed that way at, at times. Um, And you had this year where Aaron Rodgers goes down four plays into the year. And I don't think most fans want to be able to use that as an excuse. But I do think it's very, very realistic that they just say, hey, we're going to run it back with Aaron Rodgers. With these same coaches, I also think it would be realistic if they just do the band aid fix of hey, we're gonna let go of Nathaniel Hackett, bring in a new offensive coordinator. Um, I guess it's just like I don't I don't really know what my point is here. It's just that that's all possible, and and I guess my question to you would be, how much of this do you think will come down to what does Aaron Rodgers think, right? Man,
0: that's, that's tough. You know, I, you know, when he, when he chose to come play for the jets and and his comments as well, too, about how long he wants and plans to play here, I think he wouldn't be opposed to a full coaching change. I, I would just imagine because say that next year he comes back. And we have the same problems. And then you make the change that year after. And then you're going into okay, well, now we've given it two shots and it didn't work. Right. Like I would almost want, be inclined to think that he would be okay ripping the band-aid off now to best position himself for 2024 and 2025, and however long he wants to continue playing. I don't it's tough to know what he wants because he wants his friends. Right. He's, you know, he's the reason that Nathaniel Hackett was hired as OC. He's the reason well, that Tim Boyle was the backup quarterback, that Randall Cobb was there, that Alan Lazard got paid, and all of those decisions were sitting here, and we're kind of frustrated by him. Those have all been some of the low points of this Jets season on offense, so what what does he want? Does he want to go with yeah. championships, or does he want to hang out with his buddies? That's... Well, because
1: that's my counterpoint, right, is is sure that makes a lot of sense. Hey, I'm open to the coaching change. Let's just get it done so I can have two years here and we can let it fly. But also you got to think like when he decided to come to the Jets, he said, hey, this is the coach I want to play for. This is the offensive coordinator I want to play for. This is the you know staff that I'm deciding. And I'm I guarantee you when he did that, he didn't think there was any world that those guys were going to get fired a year later. Right, you know, so it it that's where things get really interesting because, like, has Nathaniel Hackett done absolutely anything over the past two years to prove that he deserved the job? No, no, right? But he's Aaron Rodgers' buddy, and the big, you know, talking point that everyone has is, hey, Hackett has this offense that Aaron Rodgers has perfected, and he can just go out and run it correctly, right? And, and, hey, might if that's be true. the case, might you're be right. True. And and good for Aaron Rodgers. You're a Hall of Famer. That's fucking awesome. Because we've seen, you know, failure after failure after failure this year. Yeah. And poor play calling, poor execution, everything. Um, but I do. I, I do think that is the wild card. Um, and I guess I would be interested, you know, because it does feel like Sala being fired um makes a lot of sense for sure but i do I, I i do still kind of feel like there's a split in the fan base of like do you think they're going to run it back or do you think they're going to make changes i honestly have no idea
0: oh i have no know. fucking yeah. clue what they would do <laughs> that's why like you know, black Monday is what they call it after the regular season. That's going to be one of those days that we're just sitting around and we're waiting for that Schefter notification. We're just like, Oh, let's see. Cause you know, it's not like, it's not like Woody's come out and said anything. It's not like Joe's come out and said anything like it could go in so many different ways. But if I think about Aaron Rodgers and if this decision is attached to him in whatever fashion, he probably looks at this and says, I fix it myself. And I come back next year and everything's fixed. The problem becomes what if it's not fixed next year? Then then you have to make the change after 2024. Does Rodgers then decide, like, my guys aren't around? Do I want out? Am I going to give it another year? Do I want to have say in the next head coach? Like, you're almost – you've already given Aaron Rodgers too much freedom. Now – I agree with giving him the freedom to choose who's on the team and who's the offensive coordinator, because you want Aaron Rodgers to be here, but how many decisions are you going to let him make before he's doing himself harm? It's kind of like, kind of like a buddy that I I'm going to throw out there, you know, the GM, your guy, LeBron, I, you know, he's not the best GM of all time. So Such if a you make narrative, but uh, he's Why not, is he the best GM? Guy.
1: Cause he went to nine championships in a not, row. He's not agreeing his
0: boys. He has this, he picks, you know, he, he chooses who's on his team and for better or worse, you know, I think it's almost probably hindered him at some points in his career. So are you, do you let Aaron Rodgers continue to do that just because you're so happy you finally have this franchise quarterback that you've been longing for? Um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really interesting to see like how much influence he is going to have when it's all said and done. And, and, you know, you could go anywhere from no changes are made and Hackett's back and Sala's back and Douglas is back. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it. I'd be mad if they do it. But then you could also have the complete opposite where they're just like, everybody's gone. Right. It's yeah. it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. And, and uh, I think an important
1: point is like when you see how bad the offense has been this year, you know, Like we have seen Aaron Rodgers have, you know, subpar seasons or at least like subpar records, you know, I think it was seven and nine as last year. So like, it's not like, it's like, oh, hey, throw in Aaron Rodgers and we'll be 14 and three, you know, like that is not how it works at the end of the day. And that's why there's clearly just all of these other deeper issues, because for an offense to be this bad is crazy. You know, and that's why I think like I know he's Aaron Rodgers buddy, but it's like you at least because that's what's frustrating about the Hackett hire. Right. Is like last year, he makes an ass of himself in, in Denver and completely embarrasses himself has one of the worst years ever offensively. You know, they can't get anything going. Russ looks horrible. Their offense was terrible. Their red zone offense was terrible and you know you go from that which most people would say hey this guy there's no way this guy's getting a job this upcoming year but because of aaron Rodgers, because of the games the jets were playing you know he does get a head or an offensive coordinator job and it's like all right maybe let's buy into this guy as a headquarter or as a coordinator we both did it and you know for better for worse you obviously had the injuries but that he then again went and had a historically bad offense. So it's like, to bring that guy back feels insane. It really, really does feel insane. You know, um, I also think that just like, it, like the next three weeks shouldn't really matter all that much when you think about it, because at the end of the day, we're already out. And whether you see good stuff or bad stuff, you know, you should kind of have an idea already. But I do think that kind of plays into it where it's like if we go out and score, you know, an average of six points over the next three weeks, it does. it. it it's that snowball effect of it's like, hey, you know, what kind of like with Robert Sala, we were like, hey, things are OK. You know, even if what would it take for Salada? I mean, we'd really have to fucking suck for Salah to get fired and then it's like okay we just lost 30 to zero to the dolphins we have the worst offense ever
0: this commander's game coming up when we talk about it like that to me would be like the low point of robert sala's tenure here
1: if they lose if
0: they lose to the commanders um and we we don't need to talk about that just yet but you're exactly right it's like no i think we can what point does it need to get to well, I wanted to ask you, okay, I, I think it, we'd at least set on this. Would you be mad if Joe Douglas is back next year? No. Uh, no, I agree.
1: I do think if they wanted to fire him, it would be fine. Yeah. But I think it'd be a just mistake. Just because it's – I yeah, and and I think that's fair. But I do think he's had his – like he's clearly great at trading players. He's clearly good at making deals. He's had a lot of good draft picks, but also a lot of not-so-good draft picks. Yeah, And there's that idea of, like, you know, sure, he drafted Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and Jermaine Johnson, but those were all top 33 picks, right? Like, it's not that hard to fuck those up. Like, it is, but it's not. You know, so there is that aspect of it. And then you look at, like, free agency signings or whatever – I'm kind of with you. I, I think at the end of the day, this roster is so much more talented than it was. And that's why it's so frustrating. But again, like at some point, results do have to matter. And when you're in your sixth year, you know, and we've just continued to be where we're at, you know. Would I be mad? Would I be mad if they kept him,
0: you asked? Yes.
1: No, wouldn't be mad. Would I be kind of mad if they got rid of him yeah but i would understand it i
0: i'd yeah uh i'd be upset if they got rid of him i think when you and maybe i don't know would you say just the talent the the talent on this roster would you say it is up there in terms of jets teams that you have seen in the last decade you just had to say talented players yeah so that's to me a that's guy that so goes and finds talented players. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where it comes into coaching for me. I'm at a yeah. point now. I would be upset if they bring back Sala next year. I know you would. I'd I'd understand if Rogers is just holding the keys here and he's like, "We're just give me another shot to make this right." Fine. I would be at a point though where I'd be upset if they did bring him back. I'd rather go with a you know try and get your top offensive guy out there. Would you be mad if they brought Robert Sala back next year?
1: I wouldn't be mad necessarily the way you are talking about it, but I am, that is kind of like where I'm leaning. Like when we talked two weeks ago, I was more on the side of like, I'd prefer them to keep him, keep the team together, try to figure out whatever's going on on offense, get a new OC. But like I said, I mean, when it just snowballs and snowballs and snowballs into worse and worse and worse, it's, it's just hard to really buy in to a head coach who's just been unable to get his offense to perform at any level. Yeah.
0: Right. And then I think we'd both agree that like we both would i I get it because it's Aaron Rodgers, but we'd both be pretty right, mad, be mad if Nathaniel Hackett got brought back next year.
1: It just doesn't make any sense. It's doesn't like you gave all. the guy another shot. It's time to cut bait.
0: Yeah. Um he was activated off IR. I did want to give a quick shout out to Nick Baden, who was cut uh in in the transaction of Rodgers being uh elevated to the active roster just because Baden is the only jets uh player to take a carry inside the five yard line this season that is a fact it's a very depressing fact uh he's that's, the only one to take a touch inside good. the five for the jets on offense um
1: wouldn't be surprised if we resign him though
0: yeah bring him back I feel to, like, like them, he's one of those whatever. he's yeah. one of those roster just been around uh bubble
1: you, you cut him and sign him every week. Up and down, up
0: and down. Yeah. 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 Um, anything else for this game? I mean, they they came out that the, the Jets are going to trade Zach Wilson this offseason. Uh that was a report that came out uh I believe it was late last week. So yeah uh, it, yeah. He will... before
1: no uh-huh. it was before the Texans game. Okay. It was so while it was, he yeah. was benched. Um yet to be confirmed by anyone in the building um but i mean it just makes sense and at the end of the day the jets want to go out and get some value for him if Zach was on this roster next year i will be furious unless he's our third
0: string quarterback all i'm gonna say is is like there's gonna be a two or three game stint next year wherever he's at where maybe he has to come in for injury or whatnot like he's gonna he's gonna do something He's going to yeah. have a good game out there. You
1: love playing this game with Sam Darnold and happen. Elijah Moore. All of them have sucked. Every single hey, one has hey, sucked. Hey, Elijah Moore. has been one. Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore has, has been,
0: been
1: a solid wide receiver hasn't three. been terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He's we probably could have used him this problem. year.
0: But yeah, definitely could have used him. Yeah not it, zach is like the backup for patrick mahomes in kansas city or him being behind stafford in los angeles like those are the two spots where i'm just like he's gonna have at least a couple games where he just has to go in there and, and goes crazy it's just the jets lock it's it's the jets lock
1: we'll see we'll see
0: that's true um, i mean hey
1: he just did it against the texans
0: yep exactly yeah, I guess that's all, really, before we, we talk but about yeah, these...
1: trade him for a six-rounder, and I'll be happy. Or cut him. I don't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> so, Teddy, the uh, we got the commanders coming up this week.
1: Yes, very bad commanders. Yeah. Coming off of their own five-game losing streak. Seven out of the last eight. Mm, trying to do quick math here. Yeah, do it. 12. 10 out of the last 12, they've lost, haven't been looking great. Um, Worst
0: defense in football. So we've got. I know, the- I'm looking
1: at these scores going backwards. How much they've let up 28, 45, 45, 31, 29, 20, or 17, 38, 14, 16, 40, 34, 37, 35, 20. Disgusting. Not a very good defense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they traded away their two best pass rushers this season in Chase Young and Montez Sweat. <laughs> um, everybody on Twitter is calling it uh this game the movable object versus the stoppable force, which is just very funny. I like that a lot. Yeah. And uh and is and as doom and gloom is where about the Jets, they're three point favorites at home this week. Um
1: This is so classic. Like, hey, the Jets might win this week. Like, I feel like that happened so many times this year where it's like this they, could be
0: the game though they should win this week yeah, <laughs> yeah. the commanders are actively tanking the, the the they were i was watching i was heavily invested financially invested in the commanders rams game on sunday late afternoon there was not a lot of games so i was able to spend some time on it the rams are flat out dominating crushing the commanders they bench sam howell jacoby Brissett comes in and within like three drives all of a sudden it's a game it's it's Late in the game, they're going for an outside kick. It's a one-possession game. Um, and after the game, after they made a quarterback switch that was clearly the right move, Sam Howell looked terrible right. all day. They go to Jacoby Brissett. Ron Rivera's like, ah, yeah, Sam Howell will start next week. And so it's just like this team is actively not trying to win. A PFT commenter put up a nice video on Twitter. He was doing some film breakdown of uh, Ron Rivera's uh, offensive strategy down 14 with four minutes left and it was like the the clock was moving and he was waiting till the i think there was a stretch
1: where they gained one yard in three minutes or something like that they were
0: letting the play clock run down to one second when they're down 14 it's like this team is actively trying to tank it's already been known that that rivera is you know without a job at the end of the season i think he's just doing the bidding of of ownership and management of just not winning so this team to me is actively tanking So if the Jets lose this game, that was what I was saying earlier. Like if the Jets do lose this game, that is the point where I'm just like Robert Sala, who is coaching for his job right now and should be coaching for his job. If he loses to this commander's team that is just trying to get a better draft pick, I'm full on. I'm going to be so pissed if he's back next year. Um, where do you stand in terms of like you just said this is the game where the Jets should win. This legitimately the Jets should win this game. This should be like a certified lock heading into Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's a crazy thing to say about the Jets. At the end of the day, I I it does not matter who we're playing. It doesn't matter if we're playing the worst offense. I have no confidence in or the worst defense. I have no confidence in our offense. You know, I do also think and and I usually don't think like this, but this year i have like i would love it if the jets could lose and keep losing and just lose out and get the best draft pick they can but it's i nice do kind of agree there. with you that like it does feel a little bit like robert sala is coaching you know just for like his reputation almost uh, and but that's where i think it's like this frustrating cycle of like and, and there's a, a meme that goes out on twitter all the time you know where it's the offseason, all the Jets, we get super hyped for the Jets. Then they lose a couple games. Then they win a couple games. Then they go on an embarrassing lose streak to end the season. Then they win a couple meaningless games at the end of the year, you know, to ruin their draft pick. And, like, this is just that perfectly to a T. Like, of course, they probably will go out and win this game when it's not going to help them at all. Um, but I do agree with you that it's almost something Robert Saul can point to and say, hey, you know, I didn't lose the locker room. We stayed together, blah, blah, blah. Which, by the way, I do want to just touch on that quick. I don't really think Robert Sala has lost the locker room. I think after games, players have comments, especially when you look as shitty as the Jets have this season. And I think people a lot of times try to take that. Um, But I do think overall, you know, it could be a lot worse for Robert Sala, I guess is all I'm saying. Like, Like people have remained bought into him really for no reason you know Garrett Wilson has has Garrett Wilson is like the opposite a of every star receiver he is yeah. a fucking saint. because like he all he does is just blame himself and and not talk bad about the coaching staff and all these things um but Good yeah Lord. dude it, it it this is just one of those games where it's just so frustrating the losses that we've had to the Raiders to the Falcons you know to the Patriots, like all these winnable games that we could have still been in in playoff contention and rounding it out with Commanders, Browns, Patriots. You know, it's like, it's just, yeah, we probably will win and it'll be annoying.
0: Yeah, cuz what the Jets are sitting right now around the 6th pick, I believe, and there's a, a clump of teams that are in that way as well too and a win.
1: I'm not sure to be honest. would
0: bump them up a few obviously. You you have no idea what else is going to go on around the league, but I know they're sitting I think they're sitting at 6 or 7 right now. And that's mm-hmm. like to yeah, me I think 5 or 6. When we in the, we're going to have so much time to talk about this, but like there's two franchise tackles in this draft class. And you know, we can talk about whether the Jets should take, you know, a quarterback of the future if they're up that high, or if, you know, if a, if God forbid a Marvin Harrison Jr. is there, you should go get him. But like, you you just can't allow yourself to be past the point of those top 2 franchise tackles because when you take a look at this team like and you're talking about protecting you know that that was where I was it was funny thinking about like Aaron Rodgers coming back to play for the rest of the season could you imagine him having to run behind this offensive line you know not murdered. 100% off an Achilles tear like it would be fucking done for him it's just yeah they they have to make some significant changes um there but when you look at this, it's like, yeah, I'm glad you're at the point where it's like the Jets should lose this year, because if if we're all about reloading for 2024 with a healthy Aaron Rodgers and giving this one more go, we should be picking as high as we possibly can. Um, Now, at the same time, Robert Sala doesn't look at it that way. He needs these wins. He needs this, like you said, not maybe, maybe even he, if he's not coaching for his job, he's coaching for his reputation. So, um, you know, the the commanders have talented skill players, you know, they've got, uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, Brian Robinson. Yeah, and Henry, I don't think
1: Jericho Sam Howell's Ryan. all that bad. I think he's, like, fine. I think he'll be their starter next year.
0: You think? I Yeah. Uh, Probably. I think he's bad. But maybe it's just the team. Um, their defense
1: is really, really bad. Their defense is horrendous. So,
0: exactly. Yeah. And and that's where I think a lot of their changes will need to come. So, <sighs>
1: score predictions
0: well who do you think is, is do you think zach will be out there or do you think it's simeon
1: yeah oh yeah no was, well oh i guess we didn't even still... talk about zach's
0: concussion yeah yeah
1: that's a good question let's do some quick googling for the people see the injury report today yeah i don't know dude that's a good question maybe it is just simeon and zach's gonna say hey i'm done you
0: know what this I mean? is what he was worried about
1: um <laughs> Yeah, literally. He's in concussion protocol, uncertain.
0: That's a good question. I guess I probably would say it's going to be Simeon. If it's Simeon, I might think the Jets lose this game.
1: I Nothing would shock me at this point. I see no reason to think the Jets could win any game.
0: That, that'll be my score prediction. I'm going to do two based on the quarterback being there. If it's Zach okay. Wilson, I'm going to go Jets win... 16 to 10, and if it's Trevor Simeon, the Jets will lose 14 to nine. Those are my two score predictions. Yeah,
1: I don't hate that. Yeah, I think I'm gonna pick a a slight Jets win just because it'll bother me. Um, 16 to 14, one touchdown three field goals feels right yeah that's where i'm landing jesus i hate the score prediction segment
0: yeah it's always so depressing because it's never we're never like i mean i wish we would have predicted we used to put up 30 yeah
1: yeah yeah dude that's still so crazy that they did that yeah 30 points absolutely dominated then they go out put up a clunker oh, against looked, the Dolphins they
0: look so bad they look so bad yeah well all right well you know Teddy, can't wait we'll till te- next year everybody yeah, we'll, we'll set the goal for uh for the Jets to pull one out here against the Commanders we'll set a goal for ourselves to be recording next week as well too I think we can do that if we if we set our minds to it yes um, yes as long as I'm,
1: no sicknesses occur I, stay. I think should be all right
0: yeah I'm only back in New York for a day and a half so I'll be back here and ready to go next week when we're ready so Until then, thank you all for listening. Uh, Thank you for staying along with us through our up and down schedule this past month. Um, Make sure to follow us on our socials at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace.